You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Hebrews 6 in your Bibles, I did not tell Brother Nathan uh, Johnson what I was preaching, but he picked a song that we sang this morning uh, about uh, our uh, the haven of rest. My soul has been anchored in the haven of rest, and we're going to look at that idea of an anchor today. In Hebrews chapter 6, it says in verse number 13, for when God made promise, I don't know if you mark your Bible, I marked my Bible, and uh, some people say, well, you shouldn't write in your Bible, and I don't think you ought to doodle in your Bible. I don't think you probably should write your grocery list for the week, but I think if God speaks to you about something, I think it's good to mark it, uh, underline it, or circle it, and let that be a reminder for you next time through when you're reading. But if you want to mark that word promise, we're going to look at that. God made promise to whom? Abraham. Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply uh, thee. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the, what's the next word? Promise. There it is again. Aren't you thankful for some promises that have been given to us by God? Verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater and an oath. That's another word for a promise or a pledge, but an oath. For confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of, what's the next word? Promise. The, I won't ask you to say the next one, that's kind of hard to say. Immutability, we're going to look at that word, of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge. I want you to mark that word. Brother Tim read for us uh, Psalm 46 where the Bible says, God is our refuge and our strength. It says, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope. Mark that word hope if you would. The hope that is set before us, verse 19, which hope, there it is again, we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Our Father, I pray that you would speak to us today. Thank you for the great singing we have heard. I thank you for the privilege we have to be in church. I thank you for your people. Lord, this is a special place, not because of the building, but it's a special place because of the people who assemble and because of the God who meets with us every time we get together. And we need to hear from you again today. I pray that your word would speak to our hearts and may it be exactly what we need for this day and for this week and for this month, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to talk to you about an anchor for your soul. The Bible says in verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. The Apostle Paul, I believe, is the author of Hebrews, and he's writing to the Hebrew Christians that were scattered abroad. And Paul is writing, and he uses this term. He says, we have an anchor for our soul. Now, we most, I shouldn't say we, 
I do not spend a lot of time on the water. Some of you do. Some of you like to fish and some of you like to go uh, boating and all that. I, I don't spend a lot of time on the water. But the Apostle Paul was writing in a day when traveling by ships, that was very common. As a matter of fact, if you wanted to get somewhere and you didn't want it to take you months and months and months, that was the best way to get from place to place, especially there on the Mediterranean Sea. Many of Paul's missionary journeys, he would use, uh, he would take a ship to get from place to place. The word anchor is found four times in the Bible. Three times it is found in the book of Acts, Acts 27, and it talks about a storm. It's interesting in that context that that's where we find the verse where Paul says, Sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Now, can I tell you that's an easy verse to quote when you're in a revival meeting or when you're celebrating some great event. But Paul made that claim while he was in the middle of a storm. The sailors were panicking. They were saying, hey, it's over. They said, if we could just make it till the sun and we could just see one more day, we would be doing great. But that's when Paul said, hey, don't have to worry about the storm. Don't have to worry about the ship. Don't have to worry about the problems, he said, because I believe God. And friend, I want to tell you, that'd be a good thing to claim and to lay hold of today. No matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on in your life or your situation, you're just going to have to determine you believe and you trust that God's going to take care of you. How many of you know God's done it before? God's taken care of us in the past, and if he's done it before, I believe he can do it again. But we see this word anchor. It's found three times in Acts 27, and then the fourth time here in Hebrews 6. The word anchor is a metaphor. Paul is not saying that you actually have to carry an anchor around with you everywhere you go. Uh, Paul is not saying that you have to be on a boat if God's going to show up. But here's what he's saying. Just as a boat needs an anchor, just as a ship would not set sail into the seas without an anchor, neither should we live our lives without an anchor. If you don't have an anchor, guess what? The waves will blow, the waves will, will toss you and the winds will blow you every which way. You won't know where you're going. You won't know which way's up. And you certainly will not be able to get where you're going unless you have an anchor to help you during the storm. As the Bible says, we have an anchor of the soul. Our soul is the seat or the control center of our emotions. Some people... And I think I've been there before. I think we've all been there. But sometimes I feel like all we do is we ride an emotional roller coaster. Sometimes we feel like we're having the waves beat against us and the winds blow against us. But Paul said, you don't have to be blown about. You don't have to be tossed about. You can have an anchor for your soul. And I'd like to preach for a few minutes this morning on an anchor for the soul. Number one, I want you to see there is protection there's protection for the soul. Paul is writing and he talks about an anchor for the soul. Paul had been through storms. Paul had been shipwrecked. Uh, Paul knew the importance of an anchor, but he knew the greater importance of having an anchor for your soul. The book of Hebrews is all about Jesus. The book of Hebrews shows us that there were some Old Testament sacrifices 
But Jesus came, and Jesus is better than any Old Testament sacrifice. There was the Old Testament law. And by the way, the law had a purpose, and the law was good, and the law was needful. But Jesus came, and Jesus is better than the law. Can I tell you, Jesus is better than anything that you and I can ever produce. Jesus is better than anything in your past. You say, well, I wish, and Brother Tim, you mentioned this in Sunday school, but I wish we could get back to the days before COVID. You know, if we hear that word again, I think we're all going to scream. But I wish we could just get back to the good old days. I wish I could get back to the way it was when I was growing up. Or I wish I could get back to this. Friend, you don't need to get back to anything in the past. You just need to get back to Jesus. And I need to get back to Jesus because Jesus is better than anything in the past. The Jews here, he mentions Abraham. He mentions the promise of Abraham. But I'm sure the Jews thought, you know, we had it good back in the days of Abraham. We had it good with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. We had it good when we had Moses leading us and we had Joshua and the walls of Jericho were coming down. Boy, we had it good when we had King David on the throne or King Solomon or King Hezekiah. But can I tell you, they didn't need to go back to the old days. They didn't need to go back to Abraham. They just needed to get their eyes on Jesus and they needed an anchor for their soul who would help them through every storm and every battle that they faced. Dr. John Phillips, you mentioned him, uh, Brother Hicks, but Dr. John Phillips said this about this passage. He said, life is the sea. The soul is the ship. Hope is the anchor. And Christ is the hidden rock within the veil. Can I tell you, there's going to be some storms in our lives and there's going to be some difficulties in our lives and our ship is going to go through some storms, but you don't have to fear the storm when you've got an anchor for your soul. Would you notice in verse number 17, it says that there was a promise that was given unto the heirs, and it talks about the immutability of his counsel, whereby it was confirmed by an oath. That word immutability is a, is a, a powerful word, the word immutability is one of the qualities or characteristics or attributes of God. It means that our God does not change. Now, I'll tell you this, we change. We change and we may say, I don't want to change and I don't want to change. Well, guess what? You might or I might. We say we don't want our church to change. And by the way, we don't want our church to change from the doctrines and from what we believe and from the direction that we believe God has called us. We don't want to change in those areas. But I got news for you. Some churches do. Some people do. There are people that have sat in this auditorium and other auditoriums that I've been in that used to teach Sunday school and used to preach and used to serve God and used to stand on the word of God. And now they're not in church. Now they don't even believe the Bible. What happened? They changed. You say, oh no, what are we going to do? I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do. We're going to stick with the God who never changes. He is immutable. This past weekend, uh, some of you were a part of the ceremony, but the Roanoke Rapids High School celebrated 100 years. And in that celebration, 
And by the way, none of you, none of you were there 100 years ago. I'm not saying you participated in that way. Uh, but 100 years since that school was founded and uh, the uh, anniversary, they took out and opened up a time capsule. Items that had been placed in that time capsule from 1921. It was interesting. Some of the things they pulled out, they pulled out a newspaper. Can I tell you, that newspaper is no longer current. The things that happened in 1921, those things are not still relevant today. Well, you say, well, you know, they had the weather and we still have weather. I understand that. But it's a little outdated. If you went to the uh, gr grocery store or the gas station this morning and you picked up a paper and you said, um, could you tell me why this is from 1921? You would not be happy with that. They pulled out some other items that had been placed in there a hundred years ago. And then they put some things back in that, that will be opened in another hundred years. But you know what was so amazing? They pulled one item out of that time capsule, Brother Hicks. They pulled out a Bible from 1921. And, and, and I love this. I don't know if they had any idea how significant this really was, but they took out that Bible from 1921. And they said, we're going to put it back in. And a hundred years later, guess what they're going to find? The same book. And you know what's so great about it? They didn't have to put in a new Bible. They didn't have to put in a revised Bible. They didn't have to put in an updated Bible. And by the way, they can keep opening that time capsule from now till eternity. And they're going to have a book in that time capsule that does not change. It's the word of God. And you and I, we may look around and feel like everything has changed. We may feel like everything's different. We may feel like everything is out of sorts. But I got news for you, friend. We have an anchor for the soul. We have Jesus Christ and we have the immutability of God's word. He never changes. Hallelujah. Notice what it says in verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, some people don't know how to tell the truth. And some of us, as much as we try to tell the truth, we don't always tell the truth. How come? Because we're sinners. But God cannot, he will not lie. It is impossible for God to lie. Whatever he says, you can mark it down. It is true. People will lie to you. People will lie about you. But I'm glad for a God who will not and cannot lie. Notice verse number 18. It says, we have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Verse 19, which hope we have. I've told you before, you know this. But hope in the Bible is not wishful thinking. Hope in the Bible is not, oh, I really, I hope Jesus is coming back, but I'm not sure if he is. He really didn't say. Oh, I hope I'm saved, but I don't really know if I'm saved because I'm not sure I'm good enough. Friend, when we say hope in the Bible, we're not talking about wishful thinking. We're talking about a confident expectation of knowing that there is something good that is going to happen. And our hope is not in the economy. Our hope is not in politics. Our hope is not in the government. Our hope is not in a company. Our hope is not in a, a 401k. 
But our hope is in God, and we have a hope that is safe and settled and secure. Please don't lose hope. You, you, can, you can read the newspaper, and, and you can lose hope in a hurry. You can get around some people that maybe want to talk about all the bad that's going on. Brother, Brother Hicks, you are talking about in Sunday school about people that just all they want to do is murmur. All they want to do is complain. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too this. It's too that. But friend, don't lose hope. Don't lose confidence in God because Jesus is coming again. Titus 2.13, we are looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is coming back without a doubt. Number one, we see quickly there's the protection for the soul. But number two, I want you to see there's a place of safety. If you're like me, you say, well, honestly, I'd rather not be in a boat. That maybe would not be the safest place, but if you're in a boat and you're in a storm, you got an anchor, anchor for the soul, that's a good thing. But then notice, if you will, verse number 18, Paul writes to the, the Hebrew Christians and he says, you've got a place where you can flee. He says, you've got a place where you can run for safety. It says in verse number 18, it says, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now, if you've been in church for very long or you've studied your Bible, then this will be familiar to you. For some of you, if you've not heard about this, you can't miss this. In the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, God instituted for his people cities that were designated as cities of refuge. So here's what would happen. In Bible times, if you were working with somebody, and let's say there was an accident. Let's say that I was, uh, I was swinging my axe, and as I was swinging my axe, I wasn't paying attention, and somebody walked through, and uh, Brother Greg walked through, and I was distracted and I'm swinging my axe and brother Greg walks through and boom I bang him on the head with my axe not only do I knock him out he's gone and all of a sudden I'm responsible now it wasn't murder it wasn't there was no intent I wasn't trying to hurt him I love brother Greg I wasn't trying to kill him but it was an accident but I'm still responsible they could get me for manslaughter on that and so in the Bible days, Old Testament times, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And so Brother Greg's family, they're like, we're going after Jeremy. Accident or not, we don't appreciate him knocking our, knocking our kin with an axe, you know. And so I'm in trouble. I can either stay and try to face the music or I could, as a, as a Jew, I could flee to a city of refuge. And inside that city of refuge, I would be guaranteed that I would be safe. If I ever left that city of refuge, then I'm on my own. Can I tell you, we have a refuge. God is our refuge. David said it over and over and over again. God is our refuge. He's a place because we're all sinners. We need some safety and we need some protection from the punishment of sin. And as long as we are in that city of refuge, we are safe. But something else was mentioned in the book of Numbers. When the high priest died, then that person who had fled to the city of refuge 
they were not only safe, but they were free. They didn't have to stay in that city of refuge. They could leave and they could be free because of the death of the high priest. Well, look what it says in Hebrews 6. It says, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse number 19, which entereth into that within the veil. Here's what happened. Jesus Christ, our high priest, he died. And when Jesus died, not only are we safe from our sin, not only are we safe from the punishment, but now we're free. We're free from our sin. We've got liberty. We're free from the shame and we're free from the, the pain and we're free from all of the regrets and all of the scars and, and God has given us freedom from our sin. Aren't you glad to know that in Jesus, you're not only safe, but you're free. And if you've been saved, that high priest, Jesus died so that you could be free from your sin. You're, yes, you've got a place of refuge, but not only that, you've got freedom to live for Jesus Christ. Notice what it says in verse 19, it talks about the veil. That veil is that which separated uh, from the Holy of Holies. And only one person could enter that Holy of Holies. It was the high priest. And he could only enter one time every year. And he would go in to atone for the sin of the people. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, you know what happened. That veil was rent from top to bottom. And literally, that veil was rent to give us access to the presence of God. Now think about this. You and I have direct access to the throne of God every day of the year. You don't have to wait once a year. You can go Anytime you want. It's not eight to five. God's not closed on holidays. He's not closed on weekends. You have access to the throne of God. Can you imagine if you had access because of something that you had done? You had access to the White House. You didn't have to you didn't have to go through all the security and you didn't have to get an appointment. And you didn't have to go in with somebody. You could walk into the White House. You could walk into the, to the, to the uh, Capitol. You could go down to Raleigh. You could go to our state Capitol. You could go into any of those places, talk to anybody you wanted to, but you never did it. We'd say, you're wasting your opportunity. You've got access. And by the way, if any of you have access to the White House, I'd like for somebody to please talk to our president. There's some things we need to tell him. We'd say, why don't you take advantage of it? Why would you waste it? Well, I want to ask you this. When was the last time that you approached the throne of God and took advantage of the access that you have? All what peace we often forfeit. All what needless pain we bear. How come? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It's a privilege that we have access to God. All because Jesus made a way. We have a protection for our soul. We have a place of, sa of safety. Thirdly, I see we have a promise of salvation. I won't get into it, but you can see in verses 13 through 16, there's a promise 
And God kept his promise to Abraham. And if he kept his promise to Abraham, he'll keep his promise to you. Number four, we have the presence of our Savior. We've talked about that. We have access, verses 19 and 20. And then lastly, I see there is a purpose of sovereignty. The Bible says in verse number 17, it says, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel. You see, not only does God's love not change, not only does God's word not change, but God's will, God's purpose. That word counsel literally means purpose. God's purpose does not change. So God has a plan for our lives, and if we have gotten away from that plan, it's not because God has changed his mind. It's because we have gotten off course. I want to tell you today, we live in a world where we need some anchors, but we need an anchor for the soul. I was reading this week about, uh, and, and if, if your company does this, it's okay. This is not, a, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound negative about this, but I was reading this week about some companies that have, they don't have sick days. They have wellness days. How many of you have ever heard of a wellness day? Anybody, a few of you have heard of that? All right. See, the rest of you are missing out. Myself and Miss Donna, we know about wellness days. But a wellness day means that whether you're sick or not, if you just want to stay home from work, you can do that. Now, we haven't implemented that at Victory Baptist Church. We'll make sure our staff members don't get any ideas there. But they say, you know, some days you just, you just need a break. You know, some days you just need to clear your head and, you know, take care of yourself. Well, I don't know about all that. But I know in 2021... There's a whole lot of Christians that need some spiritual wellness days. We need to get back to the book. We need to get back to the house of God. And I know we've got folks watching online, and we've got folks listening on the radio, and I thank the Lord for those tools, but those tools were never made as a substitute for coming to church. Those were made for times when you could not come to church. And by the way, we've got so many shut-ins coming who are watching right now who they would give anything to be in church right now. I, I visited several of them this week, and they said, we just, we just want to get back to church. But is it any wonder that we're having so much turmoil and we're having so much struggle within ourselves because we don't have our anchor set? Our soul is not anchored in God. Our soul is not anchored in the Word. Our soul has been anchored in the things of this life. May God help us to get our anchor established once again in God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.